Welcome to this abbreviated worship service provided by St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. I'm Pastor Mike Hannell. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a sermon, the Lord's Prayer, and receive a benediction. But before that, a few quick announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. Although we do have in-person worship services at St. Paul's, we realize not everyone is comfortable returning at this time, and that's okay. If you don't feel comfortable returning or have health reasons that would keep you away, please use some of the alternative ways of being part of worship, such as the worship page on our website, this WKAN broadcast, our Facebook stream, an audio CD of sermons, or our podcast. And we urge you to keep up to date with us through our website, stpaulslutheran.net, and click the COVID-19 response link at the top of the page. Otherwise, you are welcome to call the church office to find out the latest information. You can access our online worship services at any time on our website. To do so, simply go to our webpage, stpaulslutheran.net, and click Worship on the menu. And keep up with us on our Facebook page for more information of any changes that may become necessary. We pray that you are blessed by the Lord's words this day. In our readings for this, the second week in Advent, both in the Old Testament and the Gospel reading, we have a connection to a prophetic voice that calls out to a people who are in darkness and calls them calls them to the Lord, calls them to the comfort and the mercy and forgiveness and hope that only he can bring. First, in our Old Testament from Isaiah 40, we hear the prophet Isaiah bringing forth words far in advance to a people who are in exile. And the words are words of comfort. Words of promise that God himself will deliver his people. From Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1 through 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, In the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I said, What shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. 
He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. This is the word of our Lord. The Holy Gospel now according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In this new year of our church year, we turn to the Gospel of Mark, and we hear especially his account of Jesus's life. And Mark has at his main purpose to show that Jesus truly is that promised Messiah, the Son of David, the Son of God. And so as Mark begins to tell that story about Jesus, he begins with the prophet's voice. He begins with the voice of John the baptizer who prepares the way for the Son of God. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please pray with me. May the words of, our, of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Comfort, comfort my people. That's the message that God was sending to that prophet Isaiah. We heard it in our Old Testament reading. And in its time, that message of comfort was a message that was intended well ahead of time for a people who would be in exile. Their nation would be torn apart, destroyed. They would have very little hope. And yet, God wanted a message to go out to those people. And that message was a message of comfort, a message ultimately, we heard, of forgiveness, that your debt has been paid, your sins are forgiven. Comfort my people. I don't know if you think of comfort as a message that's very particular to Christmas, Chances are that's not really a message that you expect at Christmas because we're already so busy focused on the really positive news of Christmas time. It's a message of joy. It's a message of happiness, of togetherness. It's a time of smiling faces and good memories. But that's not the only part of Christmas because for everybody who knows that as their experience in Christmas, there are others that are experiencing Christmas from a much different place. People who experience the time of Christmas through the tears of sadness and mourning. 
people who are missing loved ones who either just simply cannot be together because of the practical realities of life or who have passed away and are no longer among us. For some, Christmas is a time of worry and anxiety, whether everything will come together just right, whether there will be enough money to buy the presents that the kids are asking for. Christmas could be a season that has many highs, but it can also be a season that has many lows. But what of comfort? Comfort may not be a message that we normally associate with Christmas per se, but let's face it, it's not Christmas yet. This is the season of Advent. This is a season of preparation. And in this season, comfort is a message that we hear and a message that we need. It was a message that was for God's people, not just the ones that Isaiah would be speaking to, but we heard in our gospel reading how that message of comfort would be fulfilled again in the time of John the baptizer, some 700 years later, that he would be a message of that word of comfort, of that word of preparation. Prepare the way of the Lord. And John the baptizer was one who brought that message of comfort But do you note, where is it that he brought that message? It was in the wilderness, which may strike us as a little bit odd. Why not go to the big cities? Why not go to the palace? Why not go to the temple? Go to those places where people normally are in order to bring that message. Instead, he goes out to the wilderness where It's desert. It is uncivilized. People generally aren't found in that place. But that's where John goes to deliver this message. See, the wilderness is an uncivilized place. It is a place that we associate with death and desolation. There is no life there. It is a place of loneliness. People who are looking to get away from everybody else. They can always turn to the wilderness. They can always turn to that desert and they know they won't have to put up with anyone. John goes to the wilderness, but he brings there that message, that message of comfort. And that doesn't seem to fit together, at least not for us. We would, again, think you go to a place where people are. Instead, John was calling people away from their lives, away from civilization, come out into this wilderness and prepare. Prepare the way for the Lord. While that may seem strange to us, that John does this all out in the wilderness, when you think about it, the wilderness is not bad as a place to deliver this kind of message. After all, where else will you find that message received with people whose hearts are open, whose ears are open, other than a place of death, a place of desolation, a place of isolation and loneliness? That's the right kind of place. And so it is, that God continues to bring a message of comfort to the wilderness. 
That's to us. We live in the wilderness. That may strike you as a little odd at first, I know, because you're like, I don't live in a wilderness, Pastor. I have neighbors. I I live in a community. I live in a village. I live in a city. I, I live among the civilized world. I don't live in a wilderness. Maybe not in the normal way that you're thinking about it, but we do live in a wilderness, in a wilderness that is full of death and desolation, a wilderness that is full of loneliness and isolation into a wilderness that is full of sin and brokenness. This is just our world. Our world is a wilderness of death and decay. We may not always recognize that. We may not always want to recognize that, but it's true. And again, there's an incongruence here. If we live in this wilderness of death and dying, then what about Christmas? What about that most joyful time of the year? A season that we decorate We adorn our houses. We adorn our lives. We put on those happy faces, those smiles. We turn on those movies that make us feel good inside. We put on that warm cocoa. Because Christmas is a time of joy. It's a time of happiness, right? And so we need to have the right window dressing so that our lives are a reflection of that. But the reality is, that no matter how much window dressing we put in our lives, God sees to the heart. God sees through all of our pretenses. He sees through all of our decorations, and he knows what's going on there. And so for a lot of people, again, they're clinging to those traditions in this world of craziness and chaos because those are the types of things that might bring comfort and normalcy. But when even those are problematic, they they lose all sense of meaning. And again, they have that sense of loss. But that's not the only problem, is it? It's not just that our world is crazy. It's not just that we live in a wilderness. It's that a wilderness is in us. See, God looks into our hearts and he sees them full of hurt and pain. Some of that hurt and pain that he sees in our hearts is because of the hurt and pain that we've inflicted on other people. Because we haven't always been loving because we haven't been forgiving, because we haven't shown grace, the grace that has been given to us, we haven't given that to other people. But as he looks in our hearts, he also sees the pain and hurt that we have that has been caused by others, people who haven't treated us right, people who haven't done their utmost to show kindness and compassion He looks into our hearts and he sees the grief. He sees the tears. He knows the things that we have lost this year. And he knows the pain that that has caused. See, our Lord looks into our hearts and our lives. It's not just that he sees a wilderness around us of death and decay. He sees that right here in each and every one of us. And so he brings a message, a message that we need. 
Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Where is that comfort going to be most welcome? It's going to be most welcome in the wilderness, in that place of sin and brokenness, of death and decay, of isolation and loneliness. It's a message that God speaks to our hearts. But all of this talk of wildernesses, of death, it, it can be depressing. And we think there's, there's got to be something more out there. There has to be something positive that we can focus on. Well, the reality is that it's not supposed to be a world of death and decay. It is not supposed to be a world, a world of wilderness. Our hearts should not be like that. God created this world and he created paradise. He created a world full of life and vitality, a world full of hope and peace, a world full of fellowship, of perfect relationships with one another, with creation and with our God. But that paradise was destroyed. That paradise was broken by Adam and Eve's disobedience. When they wanted to take into their own hands the power of good and evil, the power of knowing what God knows so that they themselves could be like God, they completely destroyed this world. And so our God sent them out of paradise, sent them into exile. He sent them into the wilderness, into that world of death and decay that they had created for themselves and consequently created for all of us. And so whether we liked it or not, we were born into the wilderness. The wilderness was born into us. But God brings comfort. He brings comfort where it is needed the most. So John the baptizer goes out into the wilderness with this message, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. It was a message of repentance. Now, to you and I, that may not sound like much of a message of comfort. Because a message of repentance, what does it say? It says to the people, you're sinners. Bad. Bad. Something is wrong with you. Something isn't right. Again, when we hear that message, that doesn't strike our ears as a, as a comforting message. We, we want to know about the joy and the happiness and the good things of life. And John here, speaking a word of comfort, is not talking about that. Instead, he is shining that light into our own hearts, convicting us of our sin and calling us to repent, to turn from that sin and turn back to our Lord. But the message of comfort comes in the consequences, in the result John says, repent of your sins, for your God forgives sins. Your God takes away those sins. What's more, your God is here. Your God is coming. See, I'm not talking about myself when I bring you this message of forgiveness, this message of comfort. I am preparing the way for someone else, someone who is more powerful than I. I'm baptizing with water, but he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. He will change your hearts and your lives from the inside out, not from the outside in. 
And that's the message, a message of comfort that John brought in his day. So all of the people could hear him and know that this Jesus, this Jesus who was coming on the scene was that Messiah, and he was going to change things for the better. See, the funny thing is that although we hear John and his message, a message of repentance, and we think, we think that John's an intruder in our world, that he's setting off the alarms when we were fine just living in this chaos. But John isn't an intruder. He's just like one of us. However, he was pointing out the real intruder, that Messiah, that one more powerful than he. Jesus was the intruder into our wilderness. He broke into this world of sin and death to completely change our fortunes, to bring about that forgiveness that John proclaimed. Jesus is the intruder who brings that message of comfort to its fruition. For Jesus is the one more powerful than John. See, all of us, when death comes, we are powerless. Death has that final word for each of us, but it didn't for Jesus. Jesus faced death. Jesus was crucified, but death didn't hold him. He was more mighty than death itself because he had defeated sin. He lived that perfect life, obedient to his heavenly Father from beginning to end, and he accomplished his heavenly Father's will by paying the price for our sins, for the sins of the world. By doing that, Jesus defeated the power of death he defeated sin. And he gives us that forgiveness, that very real forgiveness. Jesus comes to the darkest places in this world, to the most lonely places, and he brings hope once more because he brings the comfort of forgiveness and life. See, Jesus comes into the wilderness of your hearts and he touches it and he changes it. He transforms it into a place of God's grace so that you receive comfort, true comfort. And God has done that for you. He has done that through his word of forgiveness, which you have heard. He has done that through that water of baptism that intermingled with his word gives that power gives the gift of the Holy Spirit. Faith is born into us. What's more, he gives us that gift in his holy meal as we receive the medicine of immortality. See, Jesus comes into our wilderness and he gives us comfort. Jesus comes into the place of death and he brings life. Jesus comes into the place of, he of brokenness and he brings forth healing. He comes into the places where there is no hope, and he promises us a future. The real comfort, the real comfort that Isaiah was talking about, that John was talking about, is in Jesus, and it has come. But wait, we, we still live in the wilderness. The sinful flesh still clings to our hearts. Where then is our comfort? Our comfort comes in knowing 
that that Jesus who came, who suffered and died for our sins and gives that gift of forgiveness will come once more. And at that second advent, he comes to completely transform the wilderness so that there is no more death and decay. There is no more isolation and loneliness, no more desolation and sickness. It will all be gone, completely transformed, completely done away with. And then, then we will know the true comfort that he gives. But for now, for today, he gives us a foretaste. He gives us the hope and the confidence of knowing that we are a part of his body, that we will be brought to that paradise. We will be brought to never-ending life and hope, to a place where our hearts will be comforted and never need any more assurances, for we will have it all. A messenger of comfort. It's what Isaiah is. It's what John is. That's what you can be today, too. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is your Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thanks again for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. You can continue to hear our online worship services on our website. Just go to stpaulslutheran.net and click Worship on the menu. God's blessings to you this day.